<laughs> no, we don't do it. We don't edit. <laughs> so we're being interrupted because we are live, and thanks a lot. That's cool. Right. And this is uh, Carnival of Randomness. Obviously, we still have our festive Christmas music because it's the season. And actually, oh. though, this... This weekend is Frank Sinatra's birthday, Taylor Swift's birthday, so I could call this our Sinatra and Swift uh, birthday spectacularly because we have really good guests for that perfectly. Uh, Greg blew up because he's a drummer. So we're trying to put them back together for next year, but we have Paul in for now. I I can play a drummer. No, because then you'll <laughs> blow up. Oh, we have to get our picture here while we're talking even. And living everything on this show. It's Smile. Cool. Notice we don't plan anything, and we're very thrilled to have him in the studio. He's no stranger to this studio or anything, Jeremy Grace. Well, it's good to be here. Thanks. Yes, for the show, finally, because you've been yeah, here before. Yeah, yeah. And I've been saying this, when you see people and you go, this is going to be another pillar of the music scene. I said that about Adriana, but I think our guest here is going to be right with her, and we're very thrilled to have her, of Julia Weatherholt. Hi. That's so sweet to say. Thank you. Hello. Well, I have to butter my guests up so you don't say damn show I want to buy. Okay, she's horrible, but we needed somebody this week. <laughs> so we have, again, Small World. I lived in Alexandria in the 90s, and you're from Richmond, right? Yeah. I'm what from brought Richmond. you to our somewhat fair city? The Great weather? Question. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for the weather. Just love the cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's what brings It's the four here. seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where can I go yeah. for my hands to be the driest and most uncomfortable <laughs> and cracked? And so I moved here. Now, I, I go to RIT. I moved here in 2019, kind of, because then COVID happened. But 2019 to be involved in the American Sign Language Interpreting Program at RIT. Um, so I've been here since then. But I moved in, what, like, late August and then stayed here until COVID happened, and so four months, and then got booted back to Virginia. I had to stay the rest of the year there, and then came back again. And that's when I like got involved with you guys. So I've been here and there, but mostly here since 2019. Yeah, the whole story is always, I'm starting to believe more and more in serendipity, and Adriana had a gig at Love and Cup. Mm-hmm. So always, and Julie was there, and she went up to sing a song, and that's how we sort of like got everything going together, it appears. But Jeremy, how did you, What's your story in terms of music? When did you start, and how did you get involved in all this? Uh, boy, you know, I was a, a, a really—I've always strummed the guitar. I was kind of a self-taught acoustic guitar strummer, um, and I never was serious about it. And I was working, and it was life was complicated, and I never thought it was something that I could do. Um, but then, when I moved to Geneseo, my life finally settled down. And uh, about 10 years after I moved into Geneseo, I started meeting musicians, and I always knew that I just didn't really want to do anything except play music. And uh, so really, I've been playing seriously in bands for about 10 or 15 years now. And I think the whole story with Adriana, too, was she was at a talent contest, and all of you, like Chuck and you and everybody was there. Actually, we met Adriana through a friend of uh, Chuck's named Kent Cromer. Oh, yeah, Kent. Um, And Chuck and I, I had met Chuck just a few years ago, and we had started kind of a Monday night jam that was just like an open jam, and we were just, you know, goofing around. Uh, We each had other projects going on. Um, But Kent introduced us to Adriana, and we immediately said, well, this could be, you know, this is really interesting. We loved the songs, we loved the vocals, and uh, so that turned into a project. And then through that project, we met Julia, like you were saying. Now, do you have ever, where you think you're going to play like a Julia show or Adriana show, where you play the wrong band song? 
One of my friends no. did that for one band. It's like he starts out. I think he was on acid, though. Okay, so there's an excuse. And I just saw the look. I'm thinking, wait a second. This is from his other band, and the other band members are looking at him. It's in Rochester, sometimes that becomes a problem because everybody just. There's a lot of bands and everything. But you notice, what's the common denominator in these bands? Chuck and Jeremy. So maybe it's them. <laughs> no, 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 no. We just have a really... You two are just on their we coattails. Just, we just have a really good ear for, you know, I mean, we hear we hear somebody like Julia, and immediately, literally, at the gig where we met her at, at Love and Cup, and after she came up and sang Valerie, right? Mm-hmm. Which I botched and got completely wrong, because I hadn't played it for a it's long time. Good. But <laughs> but Chuck and I, you know, immediately afterwards, we're like, we need to, you know, this was amazing, and, and you know, we should jam. Um, so we started jamming, and it was really sporadic. It was nothing serious. Over the summer, we mm-hmm. got together a couple times. With but random the, people, too. With random yeah. people, yeah. Some some strange people. Um, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the music world. It's like us on but the show. But then you had Andrew, and then you brought Andrew in, and then all of a sudden there was like a solid core. Yeah. And, uh, and then CJ joined up as well. That's like us sudden, on the yeah. show sometimes. Like, we'll go up by the dumpster if there's a guy going through the garden. Hey, you want to be on a podcast today? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you never know who you're going to meet by a dumpster. I mean, yeah. sometimes that's interesting people. <laughs> that's how we do that but i recognize this immediately how good you were how did you start did it just come i found most singers it's just when you have that talent it comes naturally how did you just start singing did you have any influences in anything at first and i like from your generation it's always different from ours where it's like Mm -hmm. who's this artist (laughs) right well actually i didn't know that i could sing until like five years ago growing up i was really active in my school's band i played flute um, and I, I was pretty decent at it, not going to lie. And I'd say, honestly, at the height of my flautist career, I'm, I was way better at flute than I am at vocalist, hands down. Yeah, like s- significantly better. I haven't picked it up for a really long time. Well, I didn't even know about the flute. Yeah. You're going to have to bring that yeah, to the practice You have to tonight. work that in. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't yeah. played for a really long time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was my primary instrument, and I, I saw myself being in, like, a pit orchestra kind of thing um, in the future. And then... It was kind of like a water into wine situation. I got really sick in high school, and I, I did marching band all the way through. But then my senior year, I was too sick to do marching band. And my band director came over to me, and he's like, I want you to keep being involved in band, and I know that you're not, this is not accessible for you at the moment. So how would you like to sing in jazz band my senior year of high school? And I was kind of like, what? Like, me? I don't, I don't really sing. I had brought in a guitar, and during a... Uh, lunch times we would always just all the band kids would go to the van room right instead of the lunch room so we'd like pass around the guitar and, and sing and he had heard me then um and he asked me to sing in jazz band and honestly if it wasn't for him i probably wouldn't be singing and that's wow, when you know you have a good cool. teacher great that's teacher right. yeah it's when they great. see something in you yeah. that you don't yeah. even see in yourself so i owe it all to mr leon Amen. unfortunately he's actually he passed away a couple years ago oh, so yeah. he doesn't even know that I'm out here. Yeah. You hope in a way he knows, you know. Right. I'm like one of those not going to talk about religious stuff or my beliefs or what I don't believe, but you hope he knows. Or like he's okay. like, you can go, look, I made you proud. Right. And I, I owe literally all of it to him and then the amazing village of people that seem to support me. So I'm super thankful. And I just kind of stumbled upon it out of suggestion, pretty much. And the rest is history. And I say it's never too late either. Some people are naturals. Like some people start, they start from their like two years old singing or composing. Mm-hmm. Like my friend Alyssa, I think she started first writing her songs when she was like 14. She's wow. written like 700 of them now. Yeah. You know, she even had one on a soap opera, which is, I know I want that. 
Yeah, she just had one on Days of Our Lives. She gets 20 cents as usual for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> But other people start later. I don't think, I've always liked to say this, never too late to do what you want to yeah. do or change things around. Yeah, and definitely. You fall into something, and obviously you seem to love it. And the thing I'll say immediately for, like, seeing you play, you have a natural ability up there where you, some people are really, like, grabbing the mic and don't know how to stand without a guitar. Or, like, you could bring the flute up just because you'd have something to hold on to. But you're very natural, the way you stand and move and everything. Now, some people don't. You see some really nervous singers. Mm-hmm. You don't have to jump around like an idiot or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny you say that because when I'm up there, I, I'm like, where do I put my hands and where do I yeah so that's really interesting well, it doesn't, it doesn't come across at all I watched a video of yours last night on YouTube and you're just very relaxed and very well, natural at the mic stand so it was, well, it was from uh, Iron Smoke the first or the second yeah. time do you know like from recently one, no, the one that was on the Let video me, <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we just, we just created a new YouTube yeah. uh, channel oh, yesterday right, right, right. so there was an old one floating around that was Andrew's yeah. father's but now we have an official this is one like a thing I said, we just told the story off air we always tell the interesting ones so how did you come up with the name Hot Soup? <laughs> that's funny me and our bass player Andrew we were uh, driving to a different gig through a different company called Nick and the Nice Guys that's how we met um, it's just a local thing here. We know, yeah, okay, we, so yeah, we know, perfect. we all know. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> so many people. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think the <laughs> yeah, hockey yeah, coach, yeah. I think the hockey coach Mike Keenan was a member of Nick and the Nice. Yeah, I think he was. I feel like sure. everyone's been a member at some yeah, point. Yeah, But yeah, we were driving to a gig a little while ago, and um, before that, our, the band had thrown out a couple different names, and by a couple, I mean like a lot, and some of them like stuck a little bit and. No one was like super on board with all of them. It was kind of just like, eh, we'll go with that. And then uh, he was driving and I was looking, I don't even know what, what town we were in at that point. And I looked around and there was this big like handwritten sign and like this goofy handwriting, super like sloppy, taped, kind of almost falling over in the window. And it just said, hot soup. And I was like, that would be a funny <laughs> band name. You, or maybe this, he said that. This I don't is know. how it comes up. See if anybody knows this. One of my, our good friend, Tommy. Uh, he had a band. He's been on the show. He's a friend of the show. He had a band called Wilksley and Crump. Does anybody know where he got the name from? You won't. <laughs> no idea. You no. might. I don't think you would because you no. live farther away. It's right. Go around the corner here. There's a Wilksley and Crump building in Pittsburgh. Ah, and you happen to drive by perfect. and see the name. Perfect. And I thought it was like something out of Margaret Atwater, Ratchet and Clank <laughs> or something. <laughs> but no, that's that's one of my friends said he's, his band was the American Moondogs. And he said the one thing he thought of was just said, Try to picture something that would look good on a T-shirt. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you could have, like, a drummer sinking in a thing of soup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, the hot soup has all sorts of, you know, possibilities mm-hmm. for graphic design. And we're, we're only beginning to even think about that. You know, because, like, say, say you were, like, the cheesecakes. What are you going to put, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> one of those. But it's fun to think of how some people get band names and everything. Mm-hmm. I just think it's kind yeah. of funny where it comes from. Like the Beatles, they want it to be... They love Buddy Holly, and they want it to be the Crickets. And then if you see early drum heads, you see Beatles with the little antennas. You could find these online. Uh-huh. But then they change it to Beatles, not to be confused with the Crickets. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'll have to look in yeah. Andy's book about uh, Beatles gear. Yeah, you could see it. Yeah. You could find it right online. Yeah. It's like early. This has got a little antenna on it and everything. So it's like that. But one of the comparisons I've been making to, and again, Adriana comes up a lot here because of the connection, is I noticed the comparison I made to both bands is a little like Led Zeppelin in the way that, okay, Page and John Paul Jones were like 24 and 23, but they'd been around for years. Jimmy Page had been on at least 500 recordings that we know of. 
plant, you know, plant bottom from the black country in the north. They were like local, and they were the younger people, if you want to call it that. And I noticed the mix between younger people and people a little older, not old. Yeah, well, thank you. Except for the drummer. Yeah. Except, except for the drummer. Except for the drummer. <laughs> because we make yeah. fun of, that's a rule on the show, we yeah. make fun we of drummers. Make fun of drummers oh who aren't here All the in time. What kind of dichotomy does it, oh, you're going to go spring through the roof or fall through the trap door for the, the show. We'll get, we'll, get, we'll get the mass drummer in. But what kind of dichotomy does that bring to the band? Sort of the old experience and the newer talent. Right. How do you play off each other? I love it personally. I think it adds, like, I have pretty limited experience. Uh, I haven't been, again, I haven't been singing for long, and I definitely have not been gigging for long at all. So I really like, it's kind of like, I don't know the right word. I, I know I can, if I fall, someone's going to catch me because you guys have been in the game for not a while. Not the drummer. Yeah, not except the drummer. Like, no. No, it was like, ah, <laughs> uh, get her. Yeah, Chuck's great. <laughs> You're like, give me your shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, and like, they just have a different um, pool of inspiration, if you will. And so it's really cool having two different like sets of inspiration, if that makes sense, and seeing how they can merge and mix and stuff. I really enjoy it. I think a lot, like, this is like a big problem I've always, I would bring up names like Richie Blackmore, Jeff Beck especially, that you think about like what Beck could have done if he could actually work with people. You have to be able to work with people and you mm-hmm. have to not have, you want to, I always call it, you have to have confidence in yourself, but not like egomania where exactly. if somebody says, you bring something to the table, you have to be able to acknowledge, somebody goes, that's good, but let's try this. And you, actually, that's better. Not like, no, it's my idea. You have to play it my way. Yeah. And I think if you're open to that, the creativity really flows. And Hot Soup, I would say, is is an exciting project for me in that regard. Everybody's bringing stuff to the table, and everybody's welcoming this stuff, and that's uh, that's just super fun oh, because then, us, then it's like yeah. the magic happens, right? right? Can you tell us a little about your other band members? Because we know Chuck, well, the drummer, and uh, Jeremy, obviously. <laughs> uh, we have Andrew Parator on bass. Um, again, I met him through a, a different gigging kind of situation, and. He went to Fredonia, is that how mm-hmm. you say it? Fredonia for free. I'm not yep. from here, so I don't really know how to say anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> one of my it's right. decades. Yeah, everything's messed yeah, up It's not like Mark's yeah. Brothers movie, Mark's Brothers yeah. Mythical Kingdom <laughs> movie, Fredonia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I know he went there, graduated, and he did the cruise ship thing for a while. Um, and I think he was with Norwegian. If Andrew, if you're listening, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> That's yeah. why we lie. Yeah, because we make mistakes and don't look stuff up. Right, exactly. Um, and yeah, now nah, he's from in, he's from here. But I think he was born here, and his family's here, so he stuck around. And then CJ, and he's just an amazingly well, highly trained jazz oh, yeah. bassist. I oh, mean, yeah. he's been studying jazz bass his entire life. So I, he his, plays his, more his, than two chords. <laughs> yeah, his musical chops are so far off the charts. Yeah, but, it's stupid. But, it's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. great. Yeah, we had and the, he's kind of emerged as. Not the band leader, I would say, but the person that really helps us focus in and think and break mm-hmm. down and, and, and attack and think about structure and think about parts and openings and closings. And then he, he, he tells us all how, you know, he doesn't tell us things, but he, he's the one that moves it in that direction. And that keeps us, you know, sharp and tight, which right. I appreciate in a band. Like no, the, uh, I love jam bands. Like but, the professional musician. We had the Pickle exactly. Mafia, and it reminds me of those guys because they were all like about the, they spent hours in here just talking shop about music mm-hmm. and jamming. Everything I used to have the joke with Greg Townsend because for the high rises they have that song One Note Joe. I said, We'll do a jazz version, 42 Note Joe. Too many notes. No, but somebody's got to, I mean, sure, there's got to be yeah. some people like, Let's get together, right. let's make music, let's right. do this. But somebody has to kind of 
step up a little bit and say we need a little bit of structure and direction without sacrificing anybody's creativity or what right. they're bringing to the table. And Andrew is just doing that. Perfectly. Scaffolding. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. Scaffolding is a great way to think about it. Yeah, and I already like the mix. You do lie, you do uh, covers, and you do your originals, which I think is the way to go. And then you mm-hmm. sort of ease more into your originals. But I think always is going to be toss some covers out the crowds like a place you like to play them mm-hmm. like I mean your other band's going to turn into like a Leonard Cohen cover band I think down the line <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you well, wish I'm just such a Leonard Cohen fan you do a whole set. Is too, so. yeah you should do a whole set I Leonard. would love it I, I told be, her yeah. what you do is you do like there was a band my friend Rob Mount was in called 5050 and they would do they were a cover band but they would do like okay one set would be like pick one of those 70s bands, okay, Ario Speedwagon. So next right. set would be like a mix of like 70s, 80s. You do once, and Michaela did this too with their Grateful Dead tour, where, mm-hmm. you know, it would be, I would see her first set, then within the 28-minute first song of the Dead set, I'd probably say, see ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love her, but it's like, that's, okay, I'm just, the right. patch got me. Right. But what you do is you say, Adrian, you have a show, and you go, okay, we're going to play your first set. We're going to open for ourselves. We're going to play originals, and then we're going to play... Leonard Cohen. The Leonard Cohen mini set. Yeah. 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 I well, this seeing. band is, is nice because I think that what the originals are helping us do, because we're all new to each other, is figure out our musical, each other's sensibilities, right? Totally. right? You know, what are they yeah. bringing to the table? How, and for me, the incredible thing, back to your earlier question about the age range in this band, is I'm being exposed now to music that I wasn't aware of. Uh, and gee, that's extraordinary. Bringing you up, know, it, as I said, we're haunted by Adriana because of this, but uh, like when she's at the studio, I've heard of all these things. I never heard of like what Sheila Lennon, you know, Feist, of course. Right, yeah. Billie Eilish. Yeah. Because that's from her generation and mm-hmm. the other. And then it would be nice, like, oh, Sunshine on Your Love? What's that? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, I got you, I got you. Yeah. But so, what, what do you come from music, musical background-wise? What do you like and what do you have any influences? Or It's kind of a funny question to answer because I didn't really grow up listening to music. I grew up in a very like evangelical fundamentalist. Christian you weren't the first of my friends, <laughs> and I wasn't really allowed to listen to a lot of. Well, it promotes music. Satanism and the devil, oh, and we're really? all we all signed our souls away at the first concert. You know, when you go like to a Black Sabbath concert, this was like a nobody knows this, but you go. You know, they're sacrificing the bunnies in one end. But you have to, <laughs> to get in. But to get in, you have to cut your hand and you have to sign your soul over just to go see them. Totally. What? I'm in line. <laughs> no, I had friends of mine. My parents were very liberal in terms of letting me go to shows. Like, one of my friends wanted to go see Ozzy. Her, you know, his parents would not let him because they said, oh, he worships the devil. Did you ever go to a show where he says, God bless you? Did you know, like, Geezer Butler is a Christian? I, I miss the whole heavy metal thing. I mean, yeah. it was around in the 80s, but I... We would go to anything, you know, we would go to anything at the time, yeah. but... And they started wearing the crosses because weirdos would come to their hotel room. And why did they write the stuff they did? The geezer Butler just enjoyed writing that kind of stuff. Huh. It was fun. It's fun. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Don't take life so seriously. <laughs> I'm with you. That's the great lesson of music, isn't it? But then I don't like... That's what I like about playing with older players is that they have that background knowledge like just like common music knowledge i don't have common bands like information about them i don't i don't have that it's a massive in a way i think it's awesome though too because you can discover all this stuff it's new to you right like i'm old and cynical and nothing surprises me so is paul just looking he's tired (laughs) (laughs) just jaded just completely jaded yeah (laughs) you know we're jaded in life defeated you still have everything ahead of you (laughs) so so who are the writers in the group Oh, we have to I'm guess what them. he's... And I have to say, I love like these, that one song, I just, the only word I know is lightning, is uh, 
Uh, She's, goodbye, Rosita. Oh, goodbye, yeah. Rosita. Leave me alone. I'm not good with lyrics. But it's got it's got yeah. like a like a western sort of vibe. You yeah. can hear it. I can hear it in a Tarantino movie. Right. Two that's seconds. that's what I was going for. You know, the band that influenced that song would have been Calexico. I don't know if you know oh, them yeah. at all. Kind of. They have that big kind of southwestern guitar sound, but it's all strange and open. And and that's actually what oh, I was tell exactly us about you. what so I was You've done three for. now, haven't you? Written three. Oh, I've got two. dozens. We've got the ones four, you played so far. Four, I think that we're doing in this project, right? They've that got, sounds right. Yes. Yeah, we've got that one. The last. What are you like, George Harrison? Now, like with the Beatles before, where you've got all these yeah, songs could, you could get right. out. I, I quit at lunch every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's why you put all things was passed up because he had such a backlog because right, right, you could yeah. only get so many on the album. Right. You know, and you have to deal with your drummer, of course, because then have to yeah. put it on. But you have, like, you've been playing three at the moment, right? And you've been playing four. Um, I mean, I've got dozens and dozens in the background, but I'm, we're, we're taking it slow. We're trying to build a set, and as, you, as we were saying earlier, you need, you need to sort of balance your everybody's interest in doing original music with finding good covers, things that are going to get a crowd, you know, sort of responding, and songs that we love mm-hmm. um, and love totally. to play. Uh, so right now we're still in the process of saying let's let's stay focused on building what we've got and then we'll see where it goes in the long run and then hopefully introduce more and you know because we have actually three writers in the in the mm-hmm. in the in the group and uh, and they're all that's what you extremely you, you good, always you get know. material which is awesome yeah. but that's the thing where you really have to cooperate as a band and go okay exactly. this is what we want to do right you know this is what we're going to do nobody has to get an ego or like exactly. you only did two of these songs one right, of these songs right. and you start counting it up and and you know from the perspective of a songwriter I mean for me they're nothing makes me happier than hearing a vocalist like Julia take on the song, right? Because I'm a competent singer, but I don't consider myself a great singer. But So so I have this natural instinct. It's like, oh yeah, okay, I want to try this one, try this one, try this one. But you don't want to, at the same time, overwhelm because the singer has to believe in the song. Yeah. And it may be a great song, but not for that singer. I've had other people ask me to sing songs, and if I don't believe in it, you know, it's... It's tough, and you don't want to do it that it way. It would be so. like the Who a little, where Tom said would sing some of the songs, but Daltrey's his voice. Right, right. But he would pull it, because he knows Daltrey's got a better voice, yeah. too. But you do have to believe in the song mm-hmm. and go with it like that, I think. But that's, like, good in everything, because it just seems you go to see this your shows, and it's high energy, and it's all, it's like, it is like a soup. It is. Um, it and is. I've been, you know, I've been using the joke because you just call yourself bouillabaisse in the cold weather here. <laughs> but it's so many different. It's like so many different styles and everything. Mm-hmm. You're going. Wait a second. That's kind of like western. That's soul. Right. This is rock. There's jazz. The thing you, the thing you do is do covers. That... My friend Todd Kratz did this as some gigs. He would do like Hank the Third and other ones, and nobody knew they weren't his songs. Uh-huh. But like like when Adriana does that Dustin Timberlake song, me being like an alternative guy, I didn't know what the heck it was. I thought, yeah, I didn't know that. But song. everybody does like I by all means do Jolene. I see like five friends do it, but pick something like off the beaten path a little mm-hmm. bit that you really like. Yep. I would say that's what we're aiming for. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we definitely, people are bringing song ideas to the table of possible covers, and we're trying to get as big a sort of variety of different sounds and textures as possible. But I think that's also because we're also very young, right? We've only really been a band for about two or three months. I mean, mm-hmm. serious practices mm-hmm. for about two or three months now. And we're still trying to figure out what the identity is with these five very different right. musicians with totally different I musical think it's backgrounds. And how do we, I think you blend. You know, it's, it's, a, it's organic. You yeah. see, like, every 
everybody we see. Go on, Paul. I was going to say, even talking to Chuck about Adriana's project, he said, uh, you know, he's got to tone it down because he likes to wail on the drums and he has to go for a soft touch with her. And it's interesting seeing musicians adapt to the Mm -hmm. the people that they're playing with and changing their style and, and, you know, get, sort of getting over their natural tendency to go in one direction mm-hmm. or another. Well, yeah. And he, he felt, I, we had a great conversation about it uh, that night. And he You talked to a drummer and got more than like two syllables out of the guy? Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm sitting, I've, I've got to be the drummer's advocate. I'm sitting in the drummer's chair today. There so, you, go. you know, but he, It's a rule on this show to make fun of him. You know? <laughs> I, I know. But he said it's really, it was really interesting for him playing with her because it, it made him mm-hmm. rethink the songs. And he says, we're still going for that sound. And yeah. I thought your sound was great. I'm looking forward to seeing you live, right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, it's just interesting to hear That's how that sound evolves. It's interesting thing, too, from perspective. You're playing, you're playing with somebody who's like a great singer songwriter, but it's more alternative. And I would say this is more soul, louder. Right. How is that perspective, too? Like, you have to know to tone it down or mm-hmm. blast it up or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, now if you were like doing an Eagles of Death Metal cover band, would you be open to that? <laughs> nope. Just for a change. <laughs> but like Julia, too, now, obviously he's performed before Chuck's performed. How was it like your first gig with them and how did it go and where was it and everything? First time I saw you play, obviously you just went up on stage and sung Valerie. <laughs> oh, so you were there for that yeah. one? Yeah. Oh, funny. You've seen the whole evolution. You've seen the whole evolution. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I remember Adrian, I remember like Adrian was playing Leslie, like, oh, this is Julia. She's got to be on her podcast. Like, Try to sell people to me all the time. <laughs> when Leslie came over to me, I was a little bit mortified because I was just like, oh my gosh, this is some other person's whole gig. Like, how dare I come and sing a song? But Adriana was really sweet about it, and I'm thankful that she let us do that, and Leslie put my name in the hat. And how did you, like, you knew the song, too, which is cool. Well, Valerie is, you know, I mean, anybody who, well, who for jam, me, I jams don't know. around. I don't know, you know that there's, kind of there's, stuff. A, there's always singers that like to sing Valerie. So I'd had some exposure to other singers and I'd jammed Valerie, but not for like three or four years. <laughs> and I just completely messed it up. And oh my <laughs> God, I was embarrassed, off, you know. We pulled it off, but it was yeah, great. Yeah. You know what you do? Here's a tip. Like if you're singing and you're just not feeling it, pretend the mic goes out. Yeah. There yeah, you just, go. you know, yeah. start start mouthing and just go. <laughs> like, I actually haven't pulled that card yet. But that's a good one. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you might have one of those shows. You might have one of those shows that does it and everything. And then, like, I, you were at Iron Smoke before this, I take it, because I think Tommy brought you back because you were just really good. <laughs> yeah, that, speaking of our first, our first show, real gig. Yeah, yeah. We were opening for Tommy, which was a great experience. I'm super thankful for that. I feel like that was a great way to like, kind of make a dive. Iron Smoke's so. Great place to play. Oh, good, what good a venue. room! Just yeah. the, the comfort of the room. Yeah. It's and my he's got a way of selling the shows. I'll walk in with them. I'll say, them, "Hey, Tommy, how's it going to be tonight? Could be good. <laughs> 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 if it's not good, you got whiskey to drink and make it yeah. good." <laughs> but it was a slightly awkward gig because we'd only really had about a month of practice to, yeah. to get it organized and. We had to use their entire back line. So the guitarists mm-hmm. were using amps we were unfamiliar with, and Andrew was in a bass rig he wasn't familiar with. And, and you know, I mean, that's, that's, it's always hard enough just to get out of the jam room and onto any stage with your own gear, but then to have to use other people's gear. But, but it worked, you know. I mean, okay. it, it, and it, I think, too, like, I can and, remember, like, the first Fox 45 gig, and I remember what happened with them when they went on stage at the Bug Jar. It was really bad for about four songs because they were nervous, and you could just tell they were playing too fast. And then they calmed down, and it was good. And I think because you have like an older presence who've been there, they could like they could just even like give you the look like, relax, calm it down a little. We've been yeah. here. Let them boo us when I goof up Valerie. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But I think right. there's a perspective too. A lot of people 
bring everything to the table where you grew up saying, like, I love this singer, I love that singer, I love this band. You're newer to this. Like you said, you didn't listen to music, so it's like a blank slate for you where you're discovering and you have your own style. So that makes it sort of unique because I try to automatically, like, you know, people just, you sense memory, who does this sound mm-hmm. like? And I have no freaking clue. For me? Yeah. Really? That's yeah, like funny. I like like I'll never get like people say Adriana sounds like Stevie Nicks, and I don't get that. But I figure I they listen to either. Stevie Nicks, right? You so the they probably bring that. Yeah. Yep. I get influence from everywhere, pretty much. I've, like you said, it was kind of a blank slate as I got older in my teenage years, and with the internet and YouTube and stuff, I could finally go and find music outside of like just the sound of music. <laughs> I've never seen that like, movie yet. In plays like that, like. I'd, I'm sure that you know what I'm talking about. In, in England, that's just such a big... We have Jill's in the peanut gallery again. Yes. So you know how big the sound of music is over there. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I grew up being allowed to watch that and listen to that. So anyway, once I got older, I had, like you said, blank, blank slate, able to kind of find what I liked. And what really stuck for me was jazz. Mm. For sure, it was jazz. So that's probably my biggest pool of influence, for sure. It's just so... The easy music. it's just so beautifully written and i like how you can take such it's probably like a hundred some of these songs are a hundred years old now and you can take that and then add your own spin to it and other people that know the song can appreciate what you did well and what you didn't do Mm -hmm. well so it's kind of like a little circle of people that also understand what you're doing or don't that's like all us weirdos on the scene all of us (laughs) that's you know all us on the local scene but i also what i like about it it's real and the case is okay you can get bands out there and bless them i'm glad they do it they're playing popular they're doing it for the money that's not really but i think with jazz it's about feeling you have to be able to play off people and i'll never forget i saw herb smith a friend of the show he's been on the show he had a gig this summer they're playing, and some idiots messaging me while we're doing this, which is usual. Uh, probably somebody said, probably Greg, I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> but so Herb Smith is playing, right? They're doing a song. He stops afterwards and he goes, I gotta say it, that was the best fucking take we've ever done. <laughs> because it's what happens is I think you play off people, you know what another person's going to do. I'm doing this solo, you're going to do this. And that comes from playing together and knowing mm-hmm. each other. And it becomes spontaneous, the creativity, where it's not like, okay, we're doing this. You have to, like the Eagles, where Don Hanley, Don Felderson in his book, you had to play every note exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's a story goes, a friend told me, couldn't give the names. He said he paid somebody, I guess, in the sound system like 500 bucks to screw it up because Don was such a penal <laughs> retentive about it. You think you go to a show, like if you saw Eric Clapton, people who saw Clapton probably want to see him blow off into like five to ten minute solos. Mm-hmm. They don't want to just hear it. It's like, if I bought the record, I can hear it at home. Right, right. You know, that's yeah, jazz is nice that way because it opens up all sorts of possibilities, you know, for the song to be different every single time. Plus, and if you forget all the other songs, you can turn one song into an hour yeah, set. Exactly. I saw Walter Werbos one time now. You might not know the name. He played for Sonic Youth. Like 450s, like this Dutch uh, trombonist. He did a set at the Bob Shop. 50 minutes straight, spit was coming out of his trombone. <laughs> But, like, Jeremy, like, for you, what was, like, really, like, sort of the first albums that influenced you? Well, my, my parents were, No you know, top ten, because I don't like them, but whatever you listen to. My parents were 60s hippies, but of the kind of the, the, like, the political activist variant rather than the psychedelic variant. So there was a lot of Peter, Paul, and Mary and Bob Dylan around, and the early Bob Dylan, the political Bob Dylan. 
Um, but as a teenager, then I, I ran into the Grateful Dead. And that just obsessed me Where for, did the, you for the rest at? of my life. <laughs> Pretty much every every stadium parking lot in the East and West Coast. I toured with them. You know, I followed them around and did that whole thing for a while. And um, and and Bob Weir, the, the the guitarist for the Grateful Dead, I think is one of the most underappreciated rhythm guitarists of all time. I just think he's an extraordinary player. Uh, he's so melodic. He's so unusual. I still don't have a clue what he's doing. Um, but I spent you know my years trying to figure it out. Uh, and I, I have kind of a very pale, wrong imitation of him that became my own thing. Um, but later I discovered uh, people like Lucinda Williams, and I oh, love yes. her guitarist, uh, Doug Pettibone, uh, that big, swampy kind of southern sound I love. But also on the Americana side, um, the guitarist for uh, Gillian Welch, uh, Dave Rollins, was a, was a revelation to me. So I, I come out of that kind of jam band or Americana background, and I don't know jazz for shit. I you mean, can fake it really say. well. You can <laughs> and so really just, well. just joining this project, I've had to learn all sorts of new chords and, and different ways to voice things. And we just worked up in, in two practices a version of Summertime, mm-hmm. that which, just, we, which, which for me is like opening up my whole universe about possibility. And I'm really excited about the song and taking what we're doing kind of in that direction. And I heard its debut. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. We worked fun. it twice. I, I like probably my favorite version is Miles Davis. Yeah, that's gorgeous. You don't have to sing that when it's instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like Michaela started doing that. She got involved with Bob Weir. She'd mm-hmm. been on stage with them. And they've been doing their, and I respect them for doing that because they would be covering the whole live album. Right, right. And, you know, that's, and I figure people, when they want to hear that, they want to hear, you know, done well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think the beauty of that music is you don't know where it's going to take you. Where exactly. You could start off and yeah. go, okay, you know, pop song, 200, two minutes, 50 seconds. This, we're going to go where it takes. You're going to do this and everything else. And I love the idea that every performance, the song is different. Right? I don't want to do the note-for-note note right. thing. I want the evening to kind of dictate the feel of the song. And if it goes off in a completely different direction... And we haven't talked about CJ yet. I know, I, I realize. Mean, CJ He's the, is, the quiet member. <laughs> CJ is the most unusual, out-of-left-field guitarist I have ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, he's a musical genius. He owns that instrument. And he also plays the sax, and he owns that. But his sax playing, I would say, is a little bit more like you can hear mainstream sax, where his guitar... I just don't know what he's doing. Yeah, me but I sometimes I'm so blown away by it that I that I lose what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm just like this is so interesting and so unusual. It's like another and, Sam yeah. Snyder for around here overhand Sam who's like just everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and CJ he's just a monster. I love like all these people I meet who are like a couple years younger than me and they have more talent than I'll ever. Uh, yep, <laughs> yep, it, yeah. How does this feel? It's like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, CJ something else and we he kind of just randomly joined our group super mm-hmm. last minute. He was our last member yeah. to join. And it was really like the cherry on top that we were it looking was. for. Yeah. That I didn't even know we were looking for. And then we <laughs> heard of and I was like, oh my God. I yes, think you need that. You'll see a lot of times, and you're lucky that way too, because a lot of bands I've seen the evolution, is it always be like they'll have a problem with one member so they don't get the bass player right. They don't get the drummer right. Mm-hmm. Or, because they just don't fit well. It's, and they finally just find somebody who gels. Yeah. And that happened to us when we were doing kind of the jams last summer. You know, there were there were some really talented musicians that came through, but it was just clear 
that nothing was going to spark from it, you know. And mm-hmm. it's nothing about them. That in a different so project, you got to be honest too. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. People they might get hurt feelings. You got to go. It's it's not against you. You're fine. It's just right. not for this band. It's just something about the chemistry. You know, it either clicks or it's good there, enough, but word, not interesting. I, I think that's the word I stress all the time for everybody I have on for talent for the show too. In terms of like co-host everything else, it's chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what works. Yeah. It's like I, when I started, this show sucked. Because no, it really did. Because no, you learn, you learn, you learn though. Because no, but what I would do is I'd be like anal the night before. I'd be writing all these questions down, Uh uh and you bring in guests, and I can't read my own writing anyways. And And then you'd end up nobody can read your writing. No, No. then you end up uh, just going like this. We don't point. Lucky I remember your names. You know, but that's the way you do it. This is like yeah, jazz. Exactly. You know, this show yeah. is like it's jazz. Stuff. Show is we jazz. just yeah. go. You know, I've, had, I've had people in here, and I'm thinking, oh, we're we going to get 20 minutes out of them? It's like an hour and 15 later, I'm going, I have to go, I have to go, yeah. I have to go get one of those mon- yeah. monster cereals boxes for my, so I can collect it before they go out of style. <laughs> yeah. Well, everything in life is about chemistry. Where people call us on the show, they answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when you have a great conversation with somebody, it's like, you know, some of my great friends, I don't know them except in the context of you just sit down and you just instantly spark and you know that you can have a conversation that would last all afternoon and you'll learn something and it'll be profound and interesting. And then there's other people who I love for other reasons Mm -hmm. and are important in my life, but I wouldn't want to spend an afternoon over a like when I met you and I'm like... Or 10 minutes. I I was being polite. (laughs) Let's talk about the election. Oh, bye. I got to go. My mom is calling. I have somebody I can talk political philosophy philosophy with who doesn't think I'm insane. Right. <laughs> you know Aquinas sucks. I, <laughs> I mean, for me, like, meeting Rob has been intriguing because, you know, at first I was like, who's this guy that comes to all the Adriana gigs? But then the next thing I know, we're talking about Rousseau. And <laughs> how does that happen, you know, at Abilene Bar and Lounge yeah. that we're talking political That's philosophy? That's okay. First know, album. There you go. Yeah. First album. Talking <laughs> Rousseau at Abilene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to, like, get into the writing process or have you written anything, Julie? I don't think you have yet. I, so my problem is because I am such a lover and pull a lot of influence from jazz I can't write a Gershwin tune mm. why would I try to write a Gershwin tune you even know? Gershwin couldn't write a Gershwin <laughs> tune <laughs> like, everything about jazz is it's so perfect and it's so it's there for a reason or it's not there for a reason and it's just it's really hard to add something to what has already been said in the jazz realm and so I find it very difficult, and that's what I w- would want to write, but I find it pretty near impossible. Now you're going to get tons of like jazz recommendations for me. I'm going to message you tons Sweet, of I'm down. Awesome and so everything. I, I but have I think written a few Kim things. Kim Draheim said this perfectly for his band Static Cling and everything. What he said was, look, maybe in a year I can write three good songs. Yeah. But there's so much great stuff out there, and music's for everyone. So why don't I just do these covers and stuff? You know, we have, like, our other band, we have a really, really good songwriter. Mm-hmm. But you still mix, you know, the popular stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But I think for jazz, yeah, try to write... Per- well, you could bring your flute out and, like, do a Jethro <laughs> Tull go. solo. You probably don't know who that is. I don't. I don't know anyone. <laughs> I don't know anyone at all. You could stand like a little stork like Ian Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to write, to write things in the past, and... Some of them have landed. I actually haven't shared them with the group yet. We keep asking. I know. Uh, it's just... 
Would you it's like so to share it hard. with the class? <laughs> I, it's so vulnerable. But I also so think, is, too, but see, it is. Yeah. You are, like, some people, I can't believe, like, the emotion in some people's songs who can write. I mean, like, you wrote about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, like, how they are with their phrase. And we always, like I said, we keep bringing Adriana back. But, like, that one song was where she puts a phrase, like, did I wear the right shoes? And you think, who's mm-hmm. going to think about, this is not umbop. Right. Somebody's actually right. seriously thinking about her craft, but there's no pressure on you at all because you have him right. You have everybody right. writing except for the drummer, probably. <laughs> Does Chuck ever write anything? Or does he just play? No, but he 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 keeps coming at me sometimes with grooves. He's like, "I've got this groove. What can we do with it?" You know. But uh, and some of that stuff has actually influenced, yeah. um, you know, what I do with my own songs. No, but everyone says no. Direction. There's no rush because you have other people writing. Nobody's exactly. like, okay, yeah. we need three new songs by tomorrow. Nope, we don't. You well, bring... we had to do that last week. Yes, actually, <laughs> we had to get a two. Well, hour. you, you, we had... didn't have a two-hour set for Abilene. We we had about. Well, you know hour. my thing. You I told that. Alyssa that at her gig, I have this weird. If I'm looking weird during a show, and you're like, what's he staring at my sneakers for? <laughs> I have a thing about set lists. Why right? uh-huh. she even autographed hers and gave it. To because she's like, okay, I thought you liked my boots. Well, they're nice too, but no, you were looking at the set list. Yeah, and I yeah. can't read it from where I am. Well, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't get hung up about not having enough material either, because John Payton, right, it was 545 days between gigs, right, because of COVID, mm-hmm. and they were playing at the flips or at the B side, and people were raving for an encore, and they're like. Uh, we're going to have to repeat something because uh-huh. we don't have enough material yeah. for an encore. Oh, been done. Like, and they did. And people it. loved it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, well, we, and we got it wrong the first time. Yeah. You know, right. It should have been a set closer. No, you do was, Greg, yeah. what Greg Townsend would say, well, I'll play this, and this is for anybody who came in late. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. You know, because some people do come in late, though, and you didn't hear the first song. It's like he asked me to recommend. It's like, okay, okay, play just like her. Well, I played that already. Well, you could have waited till I got here, you know, to make me look like an idiot in front of everybody here. <laughs> but I, I was really impressed by what happened with us, that we had to come up with another hour of music for the Abilene gig. And a week before the gig, Andrew suggested about six or seven songs. Wow. And everybody in the band had them ready by mm-hmm. the next time we practiced. We practiced twice, but then we managed to s- squeeze in an extra one. And we had them down. I mean, some of the openings and closings and breaks didn't you know, quite work the way. It's got to be fun. That's rock know, and roll, but, though. It's like yeah. one of my favorite bands of faces. I don't want you to get drunk and sloppy, but they're sloppy. It's right. just rock and roll. It's supposed to be it's fun. Supposed to, it's you know? supposed it's to be open like, and loose. Yeah. Oh, you know, this... Wait a second. This note wrecked my whole thing. Right. Now, right. I am like that with lyrics sometimes when people goof lyrics yeah. up just because I'm yeah. anal about it where it's like, <laughs> you didn't sing that right. Uh-huh. You know, or anything else, but that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, it's everything, and I think also, you know, if you're having fun, the crowd knows it. If you're like freaking up there, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to, to come back to what Julia was saying. I think you know for, she's been too shy to bring us like lyrics, but what she's bringing musically is writing, as far as I'm concerned. Like you know, we did that version of Summertime, and she goes off into the scat part of it. I mean, that is enormous creativity that's right on the that's table. Natural. Or when when I give her my songs, I I learned actually after the first couple ones, don't even give her the melody. Don't even tell her what my melody is. I don't want her to know that. I want her to come up with her own melody, and she's come up with these gorgeous melodies. So I mean, she is a she is a gifted writer. No, she I'll just, say she too, isn't aware the of thing it, about yeah, you too yeah. is this I see automatically is like watching you sing. There's a thing I think it's been because of like I think Whitney, Mariah Carey, they've been criticized for it. You don't over sing. Mm. You have a voice where you could. You don't just all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep it within. It's like in a perfect person for that. He's not a singer like you, but you're one of my all-time favorites, Nick Cave. We probably don't mm-hmm. know who that is. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a goth devil worshiper, so you would have. But <laughs> he knows his range. And 
one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Him at the Electric Factory. He's got a stage presence, but he knows his range of what he can sing. He's mm-hmm. not like a great singer, but what he sings is good for him. And you know, you can sing pretty much anything, but you don't go crazy with the voice and like kill the song by just you know screaming and everything else it's funny you say that because i thought i did that a little bit Aveline, because i was just having a good time <laughs> you I back though. to the no, recordings you and i was all, like no what? you keep it i think so do you think so I, I what I like is yeah there there is the controlled delivery that's, that's what I mean gorgeous. thank you for the more but, pedantic but, words but when it when it when she decides to blow it out I mean it's it's huge <laughs> like some of the closing lines in certain songs like the more up tempo songs I mean just end with this spectacular vocal thing that starts as a scream and then tapers off and, and so some of the biggest responses we get from the crowds are at those moments yeah you know? that's I great agree. and yeah. I think the cool part like for me it's like it's like my little secret with all my friends who play where I just love especially when you go away from Rochester like you'll go see like I'll go on the road to see friends and you see people who've never seen them and don't know who they are and they get blown away and you're like ha 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 I know Mm-hmm. Now, how was your gig in Buffalo, too? You just played good bars. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was, you know, I mean, it was one of those gigs that everybody has all the time where, the, 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 like, the power went out for the main PA, and they couldn't do that. And then it was, like, some Christmas raffle that was told that they could have the stage till 8, but we were starting it. it I mean, everything went wrong. It was two hours late, but then we did a, a quick 45-minute set, and... and it worked. I mean, that's we the thing. The you got to be perfect. You know? You're going to yeah. have, like Julie, you're going to have times where that happens oh, where you go on yeah. the sound, like an amp blows up, mm-hmm. and the sound. You get the idiots in the audience who weren't there for the show, or like acting like complete fools. <laughs> I just hate that when I go to a show, I want to see a show. I can't stand like people who don't respect the bands. Right. But you're going to have times when you go on like that with something. Yep. You, you trip over something. You know, you do oh, something. Yeah. You and you're going to have God the stage. empty room. You know, you're going to have the, the crowd that hates you. Yes. You're going to always remember the promoter this. that tries to stiff you or the bar owner that's like, you didn't bring yeah, your own like, people, uh, so you were only going to give you 50. You a know? certain bar owner you I know, knew yeah. years and years ago, he used to do this. A band drove it in the winter from Winnipeg. Mm. And he screwed them out of the money. Yeah, it's a crazy world in the yeah. music world, you know. It, you know, but the thing but is, when you, it works, I mean, yeah. you do it because because most of the time it does work. And when it's working, I mean, there's really yeah. there's no mental place that I enjoy more than being in a groove. Yeah, you it's know? like That's from the, you know all the fun yeah. stuff in my life. It's my way to get away from stuff and support exactly. all the talent yeah. too. It's like my little thing. And I was telling Danny again, it's like, oh, if I would have just bought it, you would have had the best tribute show ever. He started laughing. <laughs> But I think, you know, that's the thing you got to remember. Okay, take the Michael Caine advice. Michael Caine would do, like, four crappy movies. And he would say, I'm honing my craft, as long as yeah. you do a good one. Yeah. If you go in there, and you're going to have times, the weather, whatever. Yeah. You're not going to have You yeah. just have a couple friends there. Yeah. Consider it like a private show, and you're honing your craft. Exactly. And actually, yeah. some of the people I've seen play some of those shows, they have more fun than any show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was at one show with a friend. It was like me and him. Another. It's like, what song do you want to hear now? What song do you want to hear now? And it was just fun. Mm-hmm. You have to take it that way. We've we've been at parties where there's been as many ma- band members as there are guests of the party. Oh, and those, the, are and fun. those are the best. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's when you've great. got a listening audience, it yeah. makes all the difference. I mean, the gigs I actually hate the worst are when you just go play to some bar full of people that are watching the sports on the TV and they're wanting to hear whatever the top pop songs are, you know. Right. And then you're coming in and you're playing some originals or the weird stuff that you're doing, and they're just dead. Now to this you, is you know? me. But I when think... you've got a musical audience of people that are listening to me, that's the greatest feeling. Well, I think like Love and Cup too. You were in Love and Cup Idol. Weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I did the choice there. Yeah, how I could I? No, shout, yeah, we. I know because of Leslie and everything. Yeah, <laughs> I had to sure, shout sure. it to Leslie, obviously. So, have her sing for you when you see her there. 
No putting pressure on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can kill me for that one. <laughs> but how did how did the Love and Cup Idol go? We we have a lot of people from Love and Cup Idol out here. It was really good. It was um, that hiatus period during COVID. So it started before COVID shut it down. I think they, I had made it to the top three by then. Yeah, it was the top three, and then it shut down. And then they waited like a year and maybe a year and a half. I really, my time frame of reference is really bad. Oh, we're all <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Time. It's so yeah. bad, yeah. So then they continued it back in September, I think, October. And I made it to the final three. I placed third. And then Miriam Morelli got second and Tremaine Graham got first. And it was, they're so incredibly talented. It was such a pleasure to go and we had to do duets. So I got to sing with both of them. You talk about a place that promotes music. Oh, yeah. they're Every fabulous. type, local and yeah. uh, national. You could go see members of Frank Zappa's band. You can mm -hmm. go see like Joyous Noise. You could just go see yeah. uh, uh, the Woodland Critters Christmas show. Right. <laughs> Bill Kirchner last week. Bill yeah. Kirchner, yeah. It's, it's a wonder. It, I love the dynamic of that place in the sense that you get the, the, the ownership and management is like, what can we do so that we can just have music? And they're like, oh, well, let's create an outstanding restaurant and bar as well, you know, and bring it and along. obviously I mean, Danny Jesus with Abilene, who so many yes. people I've yeah. met because of him and yep. stayed on. And Danny is an absolute treasure in the Rochester music yeah. scene. You know, and all those. And you just know, you you see people, too. You just know the next time they play, they're not going to be in a small venue. Mm -hmm. You know, like that. You know, and it's been so tough with getting credit to all these owners. They've done such a good job yeah. under really tough times, mm -hmm. which is just, you know, another thing. I mean, these are crazy times. It's like, well, let's start a band during uh, the height <laughs> of yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, everything. But this has been great, guys. Been really fun having you on. You'll yeah, be back. Cool. Obviously, Thanks for having yeah. us. we have to come back and talk philosophy. That'll be a big yeah, show. That'll be a big yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. But we have a really treat again here, and we will. Okay, we can find you on Hot Soup. Mm -hmm. I think everybody could spell that. Yeah, <laughs> Hot Soup. We have a Facebook page. We have a website, and we have a YouTube channel. But we'll, we'll get more organized on that. Yeah, as, and we'll keep we we'll forward. keep putting yeah. out stuff when. You know, you get going on that and everything. Yeah. You have to record stuff to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, hopefully, that's in the cart soon. Yeah, yeah we're soon. talking about then this spring. Your your flautist solo album. Oh, oh there we yeah. go. Yeah. I know now that you got to work that. You had to say it. You know, no, I hate that. that. Oh, I hate those fans with the oh, more cowbell. So yeah. one of your shows, I'm just gonna go more <laughs> flute. Oh <my> <laughs> Maybe I'll bring it just for you then. We'll see. All right. And everything, but we have actually a very good Paul. Thanks for. Coming down. Thanks for having us on for the last show. gallery there. <laughs> Another country heard from. Am yeah. I allowed to sneeze? Yeah. Can you sneeze on command? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how to top that. Ah, that is the talent for today. But the show's been really. Days. The show's been really taken off here. We appreciate everybody listening. Thank you, my friends in Nashville for really helping you take off. And we'll have a lot of fun stuff for you next year. And yes, we don't record these in order, so there'll be more after this year. But we have a real treat. You don't have to tell us what it is. We're going to take a little... We're going to leave because we're useless, Paul and me. But we're going to have a live performance by Julia and Jeremy. So Maybe, maybe not. And <laughs> if it doesn't work... We'll play some flute music. There, on we, go. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Okay, thanks we'll very some much. Christmas you do. music. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you. This is really fun. Yeah, cool. Perfect. When a gold is in the sand between your fingers, and the state light cast a shadow in your mind, all you hold. We'll never linger 
And the curtain falls on what to let behind I'll say goodbye to you, Rosita On that morning I'll meet you every distance Meets the same Where the real turns to quicksand In the lightning I'll step away to you, Rosita When you are Can you see yourself behind you In the mirror There's a tale Of what they Leave you tight Can I say these lines Can I make it Any clearer When the music fades Will you tell my One more lie I'll say goodbye To you Rosita On that morning I'll meet you every distance Meet the sand Where the real turns to quicksand In the lightning I'll say farewell to you, Rosita When you are I can play for you another Lost Cantina When you're at the lovers Then you're real name That you were famous once Always did ballerina With the cowboy Bruised and broken by a gay I'll say goodbye to you, Rosita On that morning I'll meet you at the distance Meet the sand Where the wheel turns to quicksand In the lightning I'll say farewell to you, Rosita When you
Baby 